Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the KASB Advocate Podcast for March 1st, 2024. Uh, Wow, we're about halfway through the legislative session, and things are really going to start cooking now. And uh, so let's get started. I'm Leah Flyter. I'm joined, as always, by Shannon Kimball and our fabulous producer, Alec Mandrigal. And we're going to just get down to brass tacks, as we say. So, Shannon, the biggest news for the K-12 folks this week was... Thursday's special ed funding briefing in the Senate Education Committee. So to review for our listeners, this briefing was requested by Senate Education Chair Molly Baumgartner. She is the chair of the committee that the Senate directs to help develop uh, the Senate budget position on K-12 public funding. And, uh, you know, she, as she mentioned uh, Thursday during the briefing, Special education funding has been a hot topic for several weeks and even months now, and she wanted to make sure that her committee had had an understanding of special education funding and how it is appropriated and distributed as, you know, the Senate works towards budget negotiations with the House on public schools funding for fiscal year 2025. So the top line takeaway from yesterday's hearing was that Dr. Harwood did a great job of explaining how state law directs the legislature to appropriate special education funding and then distribute it in a separate manner. He did a great job of debunking this uh, myth that has been uh, circulating pretty strongly about how districts should be receiving 92% of their excess costs. We won't get too much into that, but he, he really talked about how a spreadsheet that has been floating around uh, in committees this, this session is inaccurate and a myth. And he laid out for the committee, every district's special education spending, the state and federal aid they have received and what the statewide and per district shortfall is for special education. The total was pretty shocking. He stated that there is a $432 million statewide shortfall in special education funding. Why is this important? The Senate, as a result of this briefing on Thursday, this would seem to indicate that at least the Senate Education Committee chair is interested in moving towards some sort of negotiation position that would allow the Senate at least to add some additional funding for special education for K-12 public schools in fiscal year 2025. In that briefing, Senator Baumgartner had asked Dr. Harwood to set forth a possible alternative distribution formula based on on some factors that that she felt might be helpful to schools. So it was a very interesting discussion. But again, it would seem to indicate that at least the Senate Education Committee chair, who will be tasked with negotiating on behalf of the Senate, would seem to be at least interested in adding some additional funding to special education next year. On the other side of the rotunda, the House K-12 Education Budget Committee has, in contrast, continued to be fixated on a poorly written House bill that falsely counts regular education funding as special education funding. 
does not address the shortfall, but just kind of says, hey, if we count all of this stuff, actually, this, the funding shortfall is solved. Hooray. Well, districts know how much they are having to backfill. And they know that just moving the couch cushions around is not solving the problem. So it was a very interesting briefing on Thursday. Shannon, um, can you talk about your impressions of that briefing and how SPED underfunding affects all Kansas students? Sure, Leah. So I guess I would describe this briefing as as close to a mic drop on this uh, particular <laughs> issue as we have seen. That's a good. Time. That's a good analogy. Yeah. It it really was something uh, because Dr. Harwood, who is KSDE's uh, new deputy commissioner for fiscal and administrative services, he gave about as clear and concise an explanation of how the state special education dollars are supposed to be appropriated by the legislature, and then how that money is supposed to be distributed to districts as any that we've heard in, in the session so far. And he made several things really clear that you've already touched on um, a couple of. The top line one, that this 92% of excess cost is a, is a statewide assessment. And he used the word misleading. He said it is misleading to try to apply that formula district by district in the way that we have um, heard some legislators talk about this session. So mm -hmm. very clear about that. And I definitely think that's an important takeaway from the conversation. He did a good job of clearly explaining how the agency distributes that money to districts. And he also cleared up a lot of misperceptions about special education cooperatives and special yeah, education yeah. local agencies that many of our smaller districts participate in to provide services to their students. I think that was an eye-opening explanation for committee members because it is a little confusing. And then he also, and I think this might be maybe the, one of the most important things he said, in no uncertain terms, he said, no district receives more state and federal funding than its special education expenses annually. Yes, um, we have heard misstatements about that repeatedly in the state house this session, and he was very clear. So for our listeners, I would say if you hear your legislators saying that there are districts in Kansas that are getting more money for special education than they are spending, that is simply wrong. And they need to be gently encouraged to rethink that position. And then last, you know, this this size of the statewide shortfall that Dr. Harwood made clear in his presentation, the $432 million, that is harming all Kansas students. We're approaching a half a billion dollars that districts are pulling out of their general education funds. And those funds are supposed to be used for all students, special education students and every other student in our school districts. And that is why when board members and district staff are talking to communities and legislators about how hard it is for us to make progress on things like adequately paying our staff, recruiting and retaining um, the paraprofessionals and the special education teachers that we need and really educators in all areas of our district or how districts are struggling to afford to expand programs or reduce class sizes, this is why. Yeah. I mean, it was... As you said, Shannon, it was really a mic drop moment. You could see at first there were there were some kind of some puzzled looks from the Senate Education Committee members because they have not um, really had a had a deep dive into this topic previously. And uh, there were some questions and it was clear at first that people were, you know, they were ruminating on it, maybe having a little bit of, of trouble tracking it. 
But then, you know, it seemed like the lights really came on. It was an aha moment for the members of that committee. And um, I felt like it was a very helpful moment, not only for the committee, but for school districts across the state, because we've all been trying to explain this to legislators really all summer and fall and leading up to the legislative session. And it was great to see it explained so well and so professionally in the Senate Education Committee. So we really have to give a big shout out to Dr. Harwood for his work. And uh, we now need our listeners to follow up with your local legislators. As Shannon said, you know, if you hear that some of these false claims about districts getting more money than what they spent for special ed, that is false. And you need to, uh, to share your reality with them or, you know, have them follow up with KSD if they need more information. So it was a great moment. And we hope that it bears fruit as the legislature moves towards its final budget negotiations for public schools for the next um, fiscal year. So switching topics, uh, we have another, I was going to say favorite topic. It's not a favorite topic for us, but it Unfortunately, school vouchers have been a pretty prominent issue uh, in the state legislature in the last few years. And again, unfortunately, it's a, it's a, it's a topic that has uh, reared its ugly head for this year as well. Senate Bill 509 is a voucher bill that's going to be heard on uh, Wednesday in the Senate Tax Committee. Um, it's an income tax credit voucher that would be given to parents or guardians of either accredited private school students or non-accredited non-public schools. So that includes homeschools and any number of unaccredited schools that exist out there in, in the universe. And so as our faithful listeners know, KESB opposes the use of public money for private schools that don't have to accept all students on the same basis as public schools. We will oppose Senate Bill 509 on a couple of grounds. There's little to no accountability in the bill for how the funds are spent, in contrast to the the extensive accountability measures that all public schools are required to provide when they take state money. We are also going to point out that vouchers hurt student achievement in, in other states, unaccredited school vouchers actually hurt student achievement worse than the 2020 pandemic. We will also point out that vouchers for unaccredited schools hurt small towns because when public schools in small towns lose their funding, the school closes, the town loses its mascot, its teachers, and a major employer. We're also going to point out that vouchers for unaccredited schools are just ripe for fraud. We have seen in Arizona and other states that vouchers for unaccredited schools have been misused to buy theme park tickets, kayaks, $750 espresso machines. You know, Kansas tax dollars should not be wasted on those types of fraudulent purposes. We have countless reasons to be proud of our public schools, and we believe in their power to prepare every student for a bright future when public resources are invested in their success. So we continue to oppose vouchers and we will oppose Senate Bill 509 in the Senate Tax Committee next week. Shannon, there's another very prominent issue that we have seen percolating over the last several months and uh, the first weeks of the legislative session, and that is literacy and reading. 
Can you talk a little bit about a literacy blueprint that will be rolled out for the state legislature next week? You bet, Leah. So on Monday in the Senate and House Education Committee, uh, they will have a joint meeting to have a briefing on Senate Bill 532. This is a bill that is um, being called, as you mentioned, the Literacy Blueprint. And it really pulls together a number of conversations that we've been hearing a lot about uh, so far this session regarding how schools are currently uh, teaching reading skills and what our post-secondary institutions are doing to prepare teachers to go into the profession in this area. So this bill, uh, which will also get a hearing in Senate education next Thursday, right. uh, would do several things. It would create a director of literacy position at the Kansas Board of Regents. That director of literacy would be responsible for overseeing the implementation of this uh, literacy blueprint and working with a 15-member literacy task force. The membership of that task force is a combination of legislative appointments, appointments by our post-secondary institutions, and then superintendent, and then some other uh, subject matter experts. Um, notably, it's it does not have a locally elected school board member on on that task force. I think that's something that we will advocate for. Given, yeah, good point. Given mm -hmm. that our local schools are governed by three thousand elected. School board members across the state, uh, it seems like this is a, a place where that voice should be at the table as well. The statute directs that the universities ensure that their teacher preparation programs are uh, training pre-service teachers in the science of reading. It does a couple of things that that are maybe the way they are structured in the bill we will likely point out is um, potentially problematic. Um, it directs the Kansas Board of Regents to create and implement an assessment system that school districts would be mandated to use um, to assess uh, literacy skills. Our members have told us that they think that that type of work belongs with the State Board of Education and KSDE and not with the Kansas Board of Regents. So we will be raising that point. Also, there is a component in the bill that requires retraining and micro-credentialing of current teachers yeah, uh, that, that really needs some work um, in terms of how that is structured, overseen and implemented and paid for so that it's workable for our districts and, and our, our teaching staff. But overall, uh, this bill really creates a movement on changing teacher preparation program focus on how reading instruction should happen. Um, and we believe that's good for Kansas kids. So we'll be providing input and uh, watching this conversation closely. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. Definitely going to be a very interesting uh, week as that literacy blueprint is rolled out. There will most likely be lots of uh, opportunities for school board members and other advocates to discuss this literacy effort uh, with their lawmakers. So be sure to tune into our daily Facebook Live updates as we explore everything that's going on with that literacy blueprint that seems to be moving towards fruition, I think, in the Kansas legislature. Well, it was, uh, again, it was a an interesting week in the legislature. I think uh, we've wrapped up probably the major things that we wanted to talk with you about today. I want to thank Shannon again for all of her great work in the legislature as my partner in advocacy. It's, it's a great pleasure working with you. And thanks again to our fabulous producer, Alec Mandrigal, for uh, making us sound good. Again, be sure to follow our daily Facebook Live updates 
We do a 10-minute recap every evening live from the Statehouse Cafeteria to bring you up to date on what's going on. So um, as we close for this week, the March 1st Advocate Podcast, make sure to get out to those legislative coffees, talk about special education shortfalls, support your public schools, and have a great weekend, everybody.